Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ascension Podcast, episode two. Uh, we made it to episode two. I don't know how the fuck we managed that. It is 30th of March today. Um, obviously, all of our episodes are recorded in front of a live studio audience, uh, except there's no <laughs> studio. It's just Twitch. Um, yeah. Three and o'clock bad laugh and bad laugh tracks. Uh, yeah, so, hey guys, what's up? Um, we're going to be doing a pretty, hopefully, shorter than the last one, but still in-depth uh, podcast we'll, as we we'll are. We'll see, we'll see. Like, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. it'll be more succinct, let's say that. Yeah, right, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, so I'm, of course, joined again by Homeless Alien. Hello, hello. And uh, I am Vex, obviously. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Alien does some fucking game designy stuff and i'm a student and that's about it um yeah i think yeah no, no we're trying yeah, to keep this succinct we know what we're doing as yeah. the episode quite clearly says we know what we're doing yeah i mean um, you can you can repeat it as many times as you want it doesn't, you're not convincing me <laughs> I, will, I, I will believe it one one of these days yeah yeah anyway okay so i uh, i think we'll just go on right on with it then um let me just pause the music real quick there we go okay um, so, what's first on the agenda, then? Uh, well, the first thing that we are scheduled to talk about today is the game that we have been playing all week, the game that we've been, uh, lo- loving, loving a lot, and yeah. that is Satisfactory. Satisfactory, wow, what a game. Oh my dude, oh my dude, this game. Oh my dude, what a game. Yeah, so, let's first, let's talk about what we like about the game, like, what, what are the, like, good things about the game what what have you really enjoyed about the game so far there are no good things about this game it's a living hell <laughs> your friends it's... berate you every time you make an out of sync like connector or something yeah it's just the yep. worst dude it's it's a living hell it's you a living a hell in a large machine and that <laughs> another you brick become soviet space slave and you have to uh mine resources and send them into space yeah man. you're all just you're just uh, a mechanism for other people's grand designs. No, it's it's actually nothing to do with that. The story in the game is yeah. completely meaningless. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, Satisfactory, man, what a game. Um so last week Alien was like, Oh, this is a game, it's called Satisfactory, you should play it and I'm just like, uh, okay, and then you said, Oh, it's it's good. So I got it. Uh begrudgingly I did manage to spend money on the Epic Store for once. Uh so yeah. yeah. Can I get a random Refer applause? to last week. Refer to were. last week if you don't get that. If but you yeah. don't know about that. Um <laughs> And yeah, so I, I picked it up. It's pretty fucking fun, actually. Um, it's like, it's like what sort of modded Minecraft is, but on a bigger scale. And there's a bit more sort of maths behind it, and sort of optimizing your creations and stuff, and just making big production lines. So it's sort of like a bigger version of modded Minecraft, I think. And it's still in early access, of course. So, um, mm-hmm. but I, I just really enjoy the sort of. When it clicks, you know, it's something just like, okay, I need to do this and this to get this. And then you do the thing and it's like, oh shit, it works. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's pretty yeah. much my take on it, to be honest. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. So things, things that I'm really enjoying about it, right, is, so I've played, I've played a lot of these like factory sim games. I've played some, some modded Minecraft and yeah. all of those like industrial like mods. I've played uh, quite a bit of Factorio. I uh, really enjoyed that. So I've, I've played a few of these, like, style of games. Um, and, yeah, so one of the things I always like about these games is the, like, um, the way that 
like everything seems to be like quite encapsulated. Like you always um get given like a goal to like get to like you know either like like in fact Toro is like you you need to get to the first research vials, right? So you need to start making all these production lines, and there are all these like yeah like compartmentalized bits that you build like a production line for this thing and then that that production line will connect to this thing and then it all like sort of slowly you build up all these little blocks that do their one thing and then connect them all to do more things i really like the sort of like logistics of planning out all of these like um like smaller production lines to Mm -hmm. make to to focus on one thing to like and then you get loads of them oh man honestly that that really i really like the way that they've yeah. done that in satisfactory because yeah not only not only does it do it like the same as the these other games that do it really well but it feels like the the way in which you progress in the game is there's like a hub that you like research things yeah and every research you'll get one or two like new things and it will be mm-hmm. like right okay we we should just go and set up a thing that makes these now because we're going to need them in the future right so you, you're like one after the other you're creating these like systems and like in our base um we've got like b- big cubes basically that are, are our like factory houses some cubes and, are better than others so, yeah not all cubes are created equally but yeah. um <laughs> uh yeah but like each cube has its own purpose right and you just see all these like winding conveyor belts like spinning around these big cube tower things and, yeah Oh, love it. Love love that aspect of these games. And I think yeah. Satisfactory has nailed that pretty pretty well. Definitely, definitely. Satisfactory is just like sort of what happens when you you I mean the clue is in the name, right? It's really satisfying, like and satisfactory, I guess. It's good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um but it's not. It's 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 really good when you just sort of make a massive production line, you see all these like bits of bits of ore or bits of like plates or whatever coming down on the on the production line and then of course like you can build something and like i found out uh you can build something very poorly uh and then you spend about five years being berated by your friends and then you realize that no actually okay i can make this better and then you 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 work to improve it or at least you theoretically work to improve it um (laughs) but yeah i i really like it it's a good game aliens dead rest in peace there he goes. Gone into the ether. Oh, God. Oh, no. Discord's dying. Alien? Right, well, um, I believe Discord has just killed itself. Yeah, Discord is, Discord is dead. Let me try and make a new call, call real quick. We'll see where this goes. Hello? 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 We're back. Discord decided it wanted to shit itself, apparently, but we're, we're back. Don't worry. Very professional. We, we know what we're doing. Hold on two seconds. Discord is still a bit wonky for me. Give me two sure, seconds. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, cut to commercial break? Or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, yeah, give us two seconds, guys, just to sort this out. Um, obviously, Discord is, is Discord. It's the most unstable piece of shit in the world. Um, Skype is probably better. Ah, so um, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll get on with the show just while Aliens sorting his shit out. Um, so yeah, so, so things Satisfactory does right, like I said, it's just it's good when everything clicks right, and the the progression is done really well in Satisfactory to the point where it feels like you're progressing, but it's not like an arduous task to be able to progress. Do we have Alien back? Yes, I am back. Sorry. 
I don't know what happened there. Like the the Discord sort of connection went, and then when I rejoined, the audio was like so quiet. Anyway, nice. Sorry. Um. Yeah. No, so I was I was just saying like progression in in, in satisfaction, like you were saying with uh with the hub right and all that stuff like and different mm-hmm. bits of research where it feels like you're always progressing and you're always pro- like working towards something, but it doesn't feel like grindy because yeah. it's like you make these machines and although you need a lot of components you make these big factories that can churn out loads of these you know like materials or whatever and you just get to the point where it just sort of i don't know really i don't know how to explain it It just it feels like you're moving along at a really good pace even though you've yeah. been, you've spent the last three hours building this factory. Well, I think it, I think it goes back to what I said. Like the game does a really good job of drip feeding you like new objectives. It'll like give you a new resource, or it'll give you like a new part that you can build, or something like that. And it drips them in like one or two at a time, so you always feel like you have like a really good goal to aim towards. Yeah, and you're constantly like ticking these goals off as you go. Um, and it also it does a really good job because it has like multiple progression avenues. In the you have the like main hub sort of tiers they're called which are like projects where you get like a certain amount of each resource and then you send them into space and then it unlocks you stuff right it's like what you would in in most games like a a research tree right it's that but they actually that isn't actually the research because there's like a completely separate thing that you can do which is inside your base yeah uh called the the mam the mam i don't know what like what that acronym stands for i can't even remember it's like machine analysis machine (laughs) <laughs> yeah machine analysis go. machine excellent uh, yeah something like that but um yeah like you can take all of these like weird items you find so there are like stuff you can find in the world like there are these weird slugs and like like different plants and alien organs and uh all, all sorts of stuff and you can feed it into this machine and it will give you like new researches to do well not researches yeah. it'll give you new projects doing your hub and stuff like that yeah. and that's really cool so it gives you like a second avenue of progression and then when you get to a certain stage in the tree uh in the uh the main hub tree you get this building called the space elevator which oh my god the space so ele- elevator animations so honestly good, so good so cool so cool but yeah um, yeah so you set up this big fucking space elevator um into space strangely enough um and uh yeah 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 and uh that also allows you to start um like feeding different things into it which unlocks new tiers in the hub so you have these sort of three avenues of progression which gives you this constant feeling that you're like moving forward because you're always like ticking one of these things off at a time and you're like yeah it gives everyone something to work on as well which is really nice yeah just the progression is really on point yeah definitely uh, that's something that the game has done really good i think um it's only going to get better as we improve because the game, I think it's sort of at the minute, it's, um, like, you're seeing footage in the background right now of uh, one of the vehicles in the game. It's called a tractor, right? And you get, like, a tractor stop, and you can sort of set this thing up and set it to import and export different things, and it'll drive them across the map. And it's like, what the, the point we're at in the game right now is the point where it would really encourage you to explore, to find, you know, re- resources and stuff you can use to, like, improve your, uh, like, overclocking speeds on your factories and stuff like that. And it's sort of like that expansion phase of the game. And that's mm. only going to improve because they've got uh, updates over the next month and two months uh, where it's going to add like stuff like trains and stuff where it's going to have mass you know, um, items going across uh, the map to different places. And you can really sort of start beginning to 
I don't know. It feels like it feels like when you get to the sort of end game of Civilization, um, Civ Six, for example, like you sort of start off with a load of like iron resources and horses and stuff, right? And then as you go, you get less and less of the sort of the, the good stuff, like oil and aluminum and and uranium eventually. Um, I hope that's what they do with this game because it will encourage you to sort of explore, and that's one thing that we sort of have done, and yeah. it's not always successful. Like which which is a good and a bad thing, I think. Um, so we had to go and find some coal next to some iron to create steel, because steel is a uh, three coal, yeah, three so, iron in a, in a so machine. So this is right? one of the really cool things that it subconsciously does in the game, right? So as Vex is about to say, the, the, the steel in this requires two types of metal, right? So there are certain like alloys that you can build. And inadvertently, this forces you to explore, because you, you want to find some of these nodes that have the two metals that you need to mix like close to each other so you can set up a production without having to like ship one of them across the the like planet to get to the other right and that like in itself does like you wouldn't think oh i I have to make this material this means i need to explore but it it sort of inadvertently gives you that goal and like stuff like that is really intelligent game design that like doesn't just say like you have to go really far away because this thing is really far away it says you need to find two of these things and that they happen to be quite rare so you end up looking around quite a lot to find one like yeah. that's a really good way of designing the game so that it doesn't just feel like you're like yeah. being forced to do things yeah it's, it's good because like in, in games like minecraft right you can just go underneath your base and you find all of the materials you need really you don't have to go anywhere Except mm. for, like, in the end games, if we want to find, you know, stuff like the the end and the nether and all that sort of stuff. But, like, in this game, because the resources, like, big nodes that are scattered all throughout the map, this um, footage you're seeing is of our sort of second outpost base, which is about 2,000 meters away from our main base. So I've had yeah. to, I had to go, like, two kilometers to find a good scenario to increase uh, efficiency. And even then, the... Um, this is this base is like right next to the coal deposit. The iron deposit is being fed in from a conveyor belt about three hundred meters away from here. So that's twenty three hundred meters away from our base is where that iron comes in. So and like that's it's like not a the good best situation as well. Yeah, that's like, like a, that's like a good three hundred meters is actually not that far. <laughs> yeah, but like it, it just it's a massive testament to game design when you can sort of. It's like an exploration game, and so is Minecraft. Minecraft's an exploration game. You don't explore until the end of the game when you actually like need to go and find like a rare uh, building or something or like a fortress or whatever. With this game, it's it's totally different because you know we're like in probably early mid game, and yeah, uh, at least for like what's available right now. If like in the end sort of release version, this will be still early game, uh, and we're already having to explore miles and miles away to actually find the the items that we need to actually create a decent thing and then worrying about how we get that those items back like like i said with the trucks and stuff sending trucks back to base and automated stops we yet to figure that out it's just it, it keeps you pushing forward and it keeps you exploring keeps you interested and we started in sort of like a um a grassland on like the edge of a forest and there's a desert nearby and this is a completely different biome and that's something you said to me the first time i played this game is this map is absolutely massive yeah so this is this is a really cool thing as well well i don't know actually this is this is a strange thing like there was a lot of discussion about it when the game first came out but they've opted uh the developers coffee stain studios have opted for a a crafted map i.e the map that you spawn into when you start your game is not randomized it's they have designed the entire map they've put everything in place where it is for you to find right so it means that everyone plays the same map. So, like you, like when you, if you buy the game and you boot it up, you will have the exact same map as us, and you can go anywhere in the map, and it will all be the same, right? So, 
uh, uh, people are a bit worried about this because obviously if it's not randomized and it's the same map then it sort of like hampers replayability a bit because obviously if you've played it you've seen the map you you don't want to then like replay it again but yeah. at the same time it means that they can design a really good experience your first time through right so like like vex was saying like in in minecraft you have situations where you don't ever need to go anywhere because you find like a really good starting area and it just has everything you need yeah and that that like that does that can like impact your like your experience of the game like randomness is great for certain things but it can have negative impact right yeah um and and i guess it's you could argue it's like down to implementation as well like how how they do it but that's randomness is a discussion for another day but the advantages of having this static map are that they can design these scenarios where you have to go like a certain distance to find a certain ores or mm-hmm. like you're going to need these slugs for overclocking and they can put them in little puzzle areas where you have to like figure out how to like jump along some rocks and then chainsaw a tree and you, you have to do <laughs> yeah. like specific things to get these slugs right um and you need them for overclocking and there's all these little yeah. like easter eggy sort of like puzzles and stuff you find in the world and all these little secrets and that wouldn't be as good an experience if it was randomized you wouldn't get the same sort of like you know you you wouldn't come across them and be like oh this is awesome look i found this thing yeah. it's like a little puzzle you wouldn't get that um as as, as strongly if it was randomized. yeah and i mean i mean so, go on uh so i was just gonna say so i'm actually i i was sort of on the fence about the like static map when we when we started playing when i started playing the game right but i i'm i'm more on the side of i see why they've done it now and i actually i actually quite like it yeah, I think the best thing about for me, like, so there is a an element to procedural sort of generation and an element to crafted stuff. And then there's like sort of where the two collide. Like uh, the one example that springs to mind immediately is Star Citizen, right? Where you have these sort of outposts and areas and sort of like general areas which are constructed. Um, but then you the general map is sort of like they've created some tools where you literally just... Uh, randomly scatter, you know, debris and rocks and bits of cool stuff all over the planet. Um, so there's a sort of a mesh between the two, and I think to keep the game fresh, they would need to. Obviously, it's the same map, but it's randomly generated. Um, but they've like in this game, they've crafted the entire thing. Like everything is put in a place for a reason, and you, you sort of see that, right? There's sort of you're like, oh, how do I get up to that area? And then you see like a convenient sort of rock ramp that goes up to it you wouldn't get that in a yeah procedure. or like, like there's... some vines or like something yeah there's, exactly. there's always a way to get there yeah and i'm not saying like every encounter with these with these overclockable green slugs that you have to pick up every encounter is not going to be the same you know there are different enemies and stuff but there's only so many um but what it does do is it allows for the developers to like directly control how like the experience is without saying yeah. oh yeah it's it's procedural stuff so you're kind of buggered because you can't get to that slug because there's some tree that's decided to grow in the way of it right um and so having yeah just having that sort of level of of detail but also sort of i don't know like law i say law but thought behind the map is something that i think this this game does quite well yeah yeah you can tell that developers have put like effort into the way certain things work and that's nice yeah definitely um so yeah i think 
on that note, I mean, there isn't really much. We, we sort of wrote down, and we have a, a, a note sheet that we had. We just wanted stuff we want to talk about. The next note is things we would change, and I don't, can't really think of anything I would really, really change in this game. Like at the moment, whether it's in early access, it's obviously hard to say. But I think there yeah, are like certain the game things is always it's... evolving, isn't it? Yeah. So. so, like you know, anything we say, oh, this needs to change, might have changed in a month's time, and we'll just sort of be scuppered. There is a lot of obviously, as the sort of indicative nature of early access games. There is always the sort of um, argument that there are bugs in this game, obviously, and it's not it's 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 pre-alpha, like they've said, so keep that in mind. Um, but there are a lot of multiplayer bugs. Like there's a, an enemy that is like a big sort of blue plant. I just cannot see it. Does not render for me. It renders for Alien just fine, but like in multiplayer yeah. when we're playing together, it just doesn't render. There are you know it's little things like that. Well, it's sort of it's not quite game breaking, but it's just kind of annoying because you're you're walking through, you're building a like this base was built about two meters away from one of these enemies, and I built the base, so I had no idea it was there. And an alien was like, "Are you sure you want to build here? There's this massive like enemy that spews gas at you." And I'm like, ah, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. this is a problem." And I like sent I sent you a screenshot of this giant cloud yeah. of noxious fumes like blooming yeah. outside the base. <laughs> um, but yeah, like obviously, yeah, things we would change it would be less buggy, right? Like, obviously, yeah, and obviously. that's that's why it's in early access, like, is to, to, to address a lot of these issues. And that's, and that's like, goes without saying, that's fine. But um, I actually do have a couple of ga- gameplay suggestions that I, I, I would change because I think they they are kind of oversights. Yes. And the first, the first one of those is um, handcrafting stuff. So... Right. The way in which you upgrade through this um, tier system is you dump a load of resources into these like projects. And most of the time, the amount of stuff you need for these projects can be handcrafted in five minutes. You, if you have the raw materials, you can just sit at a crafting bench and craft all of them in five minutes. And that, most of the time, is the quickest way to do them. If you're not like setting, if you like, because obviously when you set up a production line, if you set up those production lines for all of the bits and then fuck off for like half an hour to an hour, you'll come back and everything will be there and you just hand it in straight away. Obviously that's like, you could argue that's the quickest way because all you have to do is pick it out of boxes. But like if we're saying you start from scratch and you have to either set up a production line for all of these things, or you just grab all of the stuff in your backpack and sit in front of a crafting bench the crafting bench is quicker. And I think that is a real issue. Like the way that Factorio does it is crafting stuff in your inventory is so slow. It's possible, but it's incredibly slow. So it, it like incentivizes you to set up those production lines instead of trying to do it on your own, because it's, it's a lot easier and a lot more like efficient to, to actually go and set those things up. Yeah. I think, that's, that's pretty... That is something I think they need to change. And I think they can do that in two ways, actually. I think making it harder to craft stuff in your inventory is one way, or just making it so you need a lot, lot more stuff to mm-hmm. to complete these projects so that it's not as easy to, to just craft them because you need so many of them. Yeah. I think I'm kind of in a, a similar camp to that, but in regards to that, I think one of the things that they need to think about is the the sort of early game thing, right? Like, if they make it too hard and you you can't, like, do anything in the early game because there's five, like, sort of tutorial levels you have to get where you have to craft different things and set up miners and stuff. Yeah. That's all well and good, but if it's going to take ages for you to be able to craft any of that stuff, that's a problem. And so I think one of the things they could do is... I, mm. I don't know. I, I feel like one of the things I initially thought about this game is why can't I just set a value to craft and then 
press a button and it takes a while to craft them, right? And I think that's something that you said that they do in Factorio, I believe. Yeah, it is how it's done in Factorio, yeah. yeah. So, doing it like that, but then maybe taking it a, a, bit, a little bit longer, because literally, the first thing Alien said to me is, okay, find something heavy to weigh down your space bar <laughs> and just yeah, sit was. back and do nothing for about two minutes while everything cracks. And, <laughs> I don't know. I, that doesn't feel good to me. I, I should, no. should be able to that, just well, set exactly something and then just walk away, and it will be done by the time I get back. Well, this is the other. This this brings us on to the other issue that I have in that the tutorial, like where it's trying to teach you in stages of like, right, craft this. This does this. Now craft this. This does this. When you're trying to just like go and set up, like you get to like I don't know. It's like the second or third like tutorial like tier. Um, they're all in like tier zero, but you do them in like stages. Um, and you you unlock like um, smelters and uh, what are they called Com- component crafters. Or oh, uh, constructors. Constructors. That's it. Um, so you can now smelt things and then automatically feed them into a constructor, which will build them into something. And you're like, oh, I get it, right? That that's how I set up a production line. And you're you're instinctively thinking, right? Okay, so I now can set up like mine it, put it in smelter thingy and and you go and you look at the, like portable miners you get which are like little hand drills basically yeah and you're like how do i connect this to this yeah and it's not until like two stages later that you actually get the automatic miners the minor mark ones to actually set up that thing and it's it all just feels like out of order because instinctively yeah. you want to set up that production line as soon as you unlock those things and you yeah. can't yeah um, I, I i get that yeah and that's and that's why it's incentivized in the tutorial to just sit like like that's why i said get the thing to weigh down your space bar because the best thing to do is just blitz through that as quickly as possible so you've got all of the basic components yeah to start setting up your factories i think it could do a better job of either ordering that so that you literally go from stage to stage i.e you put a miner on it all right cool you've done a miner now you build a, uh, a smelter and you hook it up Okay, now yeah, you've got that, and then you like, literally do it, yeah, part by part. I could understand them doing that; that that's fine. But the and 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 also making sure that you only ask for the things that you can craft out of those things at each stage. Yeah. But as it currently stands, the tutorial is a bit, it's a bit misleading, and mm. just it really incentivizes you to just sit in front of a crafting bench and just craft yeah, everything I and mean, blitz through it all. I mean, that's that's one thing I I sort of noticed is that um when I started I basically was like okay so we build a smelter now right so it makes it easier to smelt stuff and alien was like yeah you can do um but it's probably just easier to to handcraft the stuff because at this point it's like you have to like collect this stuff from the from the portable miner the little sort of hand hand mining sort of drone thing and then that has a maximum value of 100 you can't convey out of it so you just got to pick it up and put it in and pick it up and put it in and pick it up and increase increases your productivity right It, it does that but there's like you could just pick up all the stuff and then go and craft it yourself. Like, there's no need to build the smelters until you've done, like, Alien said two stages later, and then you've got all the things you need to make a factory. And it's, like, satisfactory, but for the first half an hour, there's no factory. It's just satis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely think that, that that's a, uh, a problem that they need to address. There was another thing that I, I sort of... Um, I would I would stress as well, by the way, that a lot of like both of these things that I said could change in like the coming mm-hmm. months. This is early access, and this is like subject to change, and I yeah. and hopefully they do change it. So, like, I wouldn't be massively deterred. Like, oh, that's that's game breaking. I I definitely can't play it then. Like, bear in mind also. Yeah, to none of this none of this is you know big stuff because the game in its foundations is really quite strong. So, um, yeah. that's something I. I 
I think it's sort of it's not exactly a non-issue, but it's at, in the larger picture maybe less important. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely I think that I can't remember what the other thing I was gonna say was. There was one sort of tidbit that I wanted to bring up from when I was playing yesterday, but I can't fucking remember what it was. <laughs> well, we can come back to it if you. Yeah, remember, we'll so. come back to it. Yeah. Um. Anything else I've, that you would change, Alien? Um, not off the top of my head. I think, to be yeah. honest, everything else has been pretty in line with other factory games, um, but just done really like polished and really well. Um, and I think, yeah, th- th- those are the two things that have stood out, like as actual gameplay sort of design issues so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, overall, then I think Satisfactory gets a big. Ooh, I would know. Are we going? Are we going Metacritic 100 points, or are you going um, nope, everyone else? Nope. With- Five stars. It's thumbs up or thumbs down. Thumbs That's up or it. thumbs down. Is that? Yeah. Oh, I, get I give it or it, don't get it. Uh, I give it a, a a big thumbs up with a ribbon on top. Okay. Yeah. It gets thumbs up from me. Cool. So, would recommend Ascension Podcast. Uh, Ascension Podcast. Recommendation. You can satisfactory coffee stand if you want to hit us up. Uh, let's partner <laughs> with you. Uh, we'll give you a little sticker that says we got thumbs uh, up on dear. Ascension Podcast. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty good. So, Borderlands three. Next topic. Borderlands, Borderlands three, yeah. fucking the, three. The the big old uh, big old announcement this week was Borderlands three, yep. wasn't it? That's the announcement for the week. The, the 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 news. Let me let me bang up the trailer real quick. Here we go. Yeah. So obviously they said like I think it was like three weeks ago that they were announcing on on this day at PAX and. Uh, Boy, did they announce it! Boy, did they come out yeah, with all the, guns, all, all the guns, all all the all the punches swinging. Yeah, every um, single and, weapon yeah. firing. Yeah, yeah, like a bajillion, a bajillion guns firing. Um, yeah. and yeah, no, honestly, trailer looked like Borderlands. Like, I, there's not a lot yeah. you could really say other than it looked Borderlands, which is exactly what you want, really. Like. In, in a world where a lot of, like, sequels and stuff, Cough Cough, Fallout 76, Cough Cough, are, like, really disappointing and come out and really don't make a show of it, this does look like they've put a lot of thought into it, right? You can see from the character designs that just just by looking at a character, you can you can almost get a sense of their personality and, like, what they stand for. The, the four characters sort of walking in tandem look like the new classes, and they all look like they have a really distinct look about them and, and, and a real, like, focus to them, which is great. Yeah. Um, awesome to see old characters returning and like a continuation of the story. I thought that was really awesome that that, that they were sticking with that because obviously it's been quite a long time since the uh, previous games, yeah. so they could have just gone their own way. But nope, they're sticking with it, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, I I thought the trailer looked pretty rad, honestly. Yeah, I, I it does look really good actually. It looks like uh one of the major grievances I have. Obviously, I can't really say it's a grievance, but. I was like, I really want to play Borderlands 1 and Borderlands 2. And I was like, but it looks so old. It's like when I played KOTOR. <laughs> a KOTOR? When I played KOTOR for the first time and I launched it and it was in like fucking 4 to 3 resolution. I was just like, do I really want to play this game? And the max was like, really. It was like a really low. I had to play it on a low resolution for the entire game. Like a, a really stupid aspect ratio. Um, yeah. It's like, it's a game that everybody should play. But then, like, it just looks so bad. And you're like, oh my god. For, for the yeah. time, obviously, you know, it's good. And everyone's like, oh, it holds up really good. And I'm like, uh, does it, though? Does it Does it really hold I up? I mean, 
the actual art style of the game, the actual in-game art style, I think does ha- hold up really well because it's cell shading, right? So it's like a it's like a cartoon style. So it doesn't actually have yeah like bad like bad graphics to it. But you can tell that it's an old game in the way that the like UI is and the way that it's just a bit rough around the edges and things like that. Like you you, you can just tell it's not a modern game and yeah. that that can put you off, which is which is probably why you got put off. And I completely understand that. Yeah. Um. But that said there is uh 4k hd oh, texture yes, packs the HD texture that have packs. been announced for both borderlands 1 borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel so all of those will be getting massive updates in the near future so if you okay. haven't played or you want to refresh yourself um they are free if you own the games or you could buy the games and there's like some new bundles coming out with like loads of dlc thrown into them and like new bits of dlc i think as well yeah i think like there is like a couple of new bits yeah sort of so a, bit of a like, refresh for the franchise i think yeah i think they're trying to like drum up some hype beforehand so if you if you haven't or you want to get back in because you loved it now is definitely definitely the time to do that um and yeah that's that, i think that's a good idea honestly like get everyone hyped before the the new game comes out so one thing I want to talk about with Borderlands 3, though, is we're in 2019 now and games these days do really like the live service model. Do they not? Yes, they, they very much do. Yes. And Gearbox Software not really got a massive presence in the whole continuous income yet, have they? No. So I'm wondering if, like the other looter shoot, lo- that. Pardon me. We use words this time. Yes, try um, that. Like the other, like the other looter shooters to come after it, i.e., Destiny, Division, things like this. They've all gone for the sort of MMO light route, haven't they? They've got like an end game, and they've got like a reason to keep coming back, and they've got then like microtransactions as well to keep you paying whilst you're doing that. DLC packs that like sort of extend those end games and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Is that the the direction that this Borderlands is going to take? Like. There's been no real like talk of that, and the the trailer also doesn't really go into it. But I get the uh, inkling from like the fact that in the trailer it shows like all these different worlds, right? Um, yeah. And like it it shows a very grand scale, and that makes me just feel like like when you think of grand scale in a game, you do think kind of MMO. You think like you know Azeroth from World of Warcraft is this yeah. fucking enormous game world, yeah, right? Yeah kind of makes me feel a little bit like that um and i was talking to some people and i was like do i necessarily think this is a bad thing right Mm -hmm. and i came to the conclusion that i i quite like live service games i like the fact that the game is continually relevant i can keep coming back yeah if there's something i like playing i want it to i want to keep playing it right and if 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 it's not that grace then there's no point in in really booting up again and that's when a game dies i think yeah 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 and so i i'd quite like well i i don't i don't want to say i like it because i might eat those words right yeah. but i i don't feel against the idea of them going live service with it right because right. they even in borderlands 2 um and to some degrees borderlands 1 they kind of had the the end game sort of pseudo there because they had these like massive bosses that you had to have like played new game plus to kill and, yeah like you could obviously there was like new game plus new game plus plus and you could keep sort of playing and getting better loot and stuff like that yeah so they kind of they they touched on it a little bit and i think that's where these sort of um destiny 2 and division and stuff have sort of picked up and gone more into that yeah um and i really hope that if they do go down that route they just like learn some lessons of their precursors and just 
chill out on the microtransactions, honestly. Like, yeah. I I had this discussion with you a couple months back about the Division 2's loot box system. Like, Destiny, you, you don't need us to tell you. Like, you've probably heard it on any sort of news outlet. Like, how egregious those microtransactions were for a while. Yeah. And yeah, they've got better, but they're not ideal. Like, there's still a lot of content yeah. that could be in the game. I think it's just, not. It's just something um, that, unfortunately, we have to... As much as I hate to say it, we have to sort of live with it. <laughs> because it, it's just become so commonplace. I think the thing is with microtransactions, right, is that there's a difference between it, it's being used to support the game and it's being used to fill the pockets of the CEOs and the and the, the big stack bodies of, of of the companies and, and whatever. And I think there is there may come a time when microtransactions, if they're done right and they're sort of balanced out and a developer needs to, they can implement them and get more money from their game and and as long as it's not like anything groundbreaking like fucking if it was if you had the sort of clash of clans model in this game where you can buy gems to make stuff go faster it's like fuck off i don't want to buy your shit ass gems <laughs> yeah. i don't want to be a part of a game that has this completely egregious like offer to its its players where it's like oh yeah you can fucking skip half of the game just by doing this and that's one of the biggest gripes is like you know buying boosters and stuff in in online services is that it's it's designed to make people spend money to not play the game and it's like yeah i've well, i've yeah that 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 said like it, it kind of it it's not not even that really i i think it's more to do with the fact that they intentionally elongate the gameplay mm-hmm. to make you buy the boosters like they intentionally make the game feel longer and feel more sort of like drawn out so that you skip the like the the drawn out sections that they intentionally draw out so that you buy the boosters you know and that that's a whole discussion like the whole monetization in games and like the way that they're doing it and stuff like that but like we won't get too deep into that at the moment but all all i'm saying is I'm, i'm worried that if they do go down the live service route with borderlands 3 that that might come with it and that could really ruin it so I, yeah. I, I, I would like the live service model, but I'd like it to be a really nice one that doesn't have microtransactions, <laughs> which really is asking for a unicorn. But Please, sir. Hey. Can I have some good game? <laughs> yeah, <What>? right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I, I doubt it's going to help. I mean, no, but... it depends. It, like, I don't have trust in developers anymore because of stuff like EA, right? EA has ruined my trust in developers and my sort of foresight. And so I'm like, I could say, oh, Borderlands, Borderlands 3, fuck yeah, it's going to be like the best game and it's going to be so cool to its consumers and it's going to, you know, not do any shady shit. But now that EA is like, oh yes, you thought that Battlefront 2 was going to be a good game and look what we (laughs) did to it. Look how they massacred my boy. Like, I, I now have no confidence in basically any developer and it's I sort of had a de facto a sort shame. of standard that like okay well developers are cool like you know if they're doing this it must be for a reason right and I know I'm just like I really don't want this to fuck up it's not like I want yeah. this to be good it's I don't want this to be bad you see you see the thing is I don't even think it's EA at this point like I was on the same boat as you like I don't know if you'd have asked me a year ago I'd have been like to be honest for the most part even like Activision to the most part. I've been like fairly chill with actually like delivering gameplay over anything else. It's EA that was leading the charge on the like bad bad practice. Yeah. But it like it's come out of the woodwork now that it, it clearly isn't just EA that's leading that like charge and yeah. holding that torch. Like obviously we've seen with Bethesda and Fallout 76. We've seen with oh, Activision that was the worst. with like Call that was of Duty. Actually the worst. 
Yeah, we've seen with like Blizzard canning Heroes Esports and like chopping their dev team in half just because they weren't making all of the money in the universe instead of just some of the money in the universe. Yeah, like it. It's just it's it's bad. I don't yeah. mean, I know Activision <laughs> Blizzard bad. is the same company, but yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think if I have any confidence in any developers at the minute, it would probably be. I've, I I if you asked me this question last year I would have said oh Valve because Valve were always doing cool shit. <laughs> Do you remember that that little card game they released? I don't think anybody really remembers that apart from like you know Pepperidge no. Farm. Um, but yeah, no fucking I can't even remember what it was called. Um, Artifact. Artifact. That's the fella. Artifact. With Do you want to know some monthly fun players of like three hundred. It has naught point naught one percent of its original player base still active. <laughs> oh, man. The value of the Steam marketplace of it yeah. has decreased by eighty eight percent. So all of the cards and stuff have wow. an average decline of eighty eight percent since release. And there are on average at the moment around two hundred people actively playing yeah, that game yeah. on Steam. Two hundred people. That's their active player base. The thing, do you know, what, the thing is, it's it's clear why it failed, but it's still surprising to me because they had the creator of Magic: The Gathering, the the biggest card game, design that game for them. They had they had all of the opportunity for like the game to be fucking golden, but then they got greedy and they charged for the game. And then they went with a traditional card economy, i.e. you can trade, you can sell your cards, but you have to buy cards from packs. There's no, like, free cards. You can't have one and have the other. You can't have your cake and eat it, right? Um, and that, and like, it's, it's a very clear example of how there are certain red lines that, like, yeah. you cross... And it just, like, it insta-kills your game. It doesn't matter how good the game is. doesn't matter who you've got on board. It Your game is just dead if you do that, right? And, like, yeah. it's same, almost the same with Battlefront 2, right? Like, it kind of had a bit of a resurgence, but, like, nowhere near. And mm-hmm. it, just because they, nobody wanted pay-to-win loot boxes. Like, if you'd have said pay-to-win in a game, anyone will tell you that's bad, right? And... They went and did it, yeah. and it just it just killed their game, right? There are certain red lines yeah. that you just cannot cross, and like mm-hmm. at least at least we have that in the games industry, right? At least yeah. we have that. <laughs> yeah, the, there are there are some pretty big lines where because it's such a you know everybody sort of has a a mind, I guess. Like if you were to buy a book and then like half of the book came, I guess people that are reading books would be like. <laughs> less likely to cry wolf about it. It's like, you need to buy this extra book. Oh, well, fuck. Okay. But, like, what I'm trying to get at is that you play a computer game, there is a computer in front of you, you play. You have a bad experience with the game, and you're like, uh-uh, no, no, you just tab out, go to Reddit, and bam. It's it's so easy to just, like, have a voice in the, in the games community, and that's why, you know, there are the big red lines, is because, every like you say, every developer knows that if they implement something that people don't like, they are going to get shafted yeah. for it. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. And hopefully Gearbox will... I I think their ear is quite, quite, quite close to the ground, so hopefully Randy Pitchford doesn't betray us and uh, kill our firstborn son, but who knows. So, Confirmed Epic exclusive. Yeah, man, like, it's... I mean, it's not, It's but, not, yeah. but it... Mm, <laughs> 
Randy Pitchford. <laughs> one, one Come of on these now. <laughs> Don't do this to us, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, so that's basically my thoughts on how fucked we are. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How fucked we are. Just, some. We are some fucked. Some. We are some fucked. <laughs> um. Yeah. We could be doing a lot better. We could be doing a lot worse. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So. On the topic of of of, I don't know. I I was gonna come up with a segue. Do you want me to do it? I've like, got this. Come on, right. segue. So time. talking about Borderlands Three, um, it's got a very strong driven loot economy. Everyone, every trailer that's been up yes. for a Borderlands game has been like bajillions yes. of guns, right? And it's all about this like massive loot economy. So mm-hmm. we're gonna talk a little bit about RPG loot economies and uh, what sort of works in them. What doesn't hey. work, and uh, yeah, see that's how you do a segue. I got you. Good job. I got you. Linus, hello. How do I segue? <laughs> okay, so right. First of all, I want you to tell me what do we like? What What do you like to play? <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> all right. So anyway, <laughs> me. <memes. laughs> um, yeah. So first of all, start with a game that you really like the loot economy in, and explain why you like that. Hmm. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, fuck. Uh, no, no. I think. I think. I think. Oh, fuck. I think. I can start if you want. I. I I'm gonna look. 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 You asked me a question. Oh right, well. Uh, you make just... for fucking answer. Go on then. You go. You go. I've got. I'm. I'm stroking my beard. I think that honestly, the divisions loot economy, like the division two, is pretty decent loot economy in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to tear I, that I, apart in a minute. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it has its flaws, and, like, I think in the middle of between Destiny 2 and Division 2 sort of loot would be kind of good. I, I, I think there are key things that RPG loot needs to consider if it's going to be successful in a game. Right, we will talk about I this have in no a minute, idea. but I yeah, don't want to go too just me. Just yet. Okay, yeah, anyway, it's just, like, if it has, you know, enough shit, and it's good, like, spread out rarity and and there's good like right i'm gonna stop you because this, this is going into like actually dissecting it and i want to do this uh, bit first we're not gonna do we're not I, gonna how do i yet. supposed to say what i how i like it though no i just want I, I just want you to say god damn. i just want to say what you like about that system like what 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 about that specific system is like this makes it really good for me so division two what what is it division is, two is it because is it the talent um, is it the stats is it the power level? Yeah, talent. It it's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be talent. You like the talent. talent. Okay, right. Yeah. I, that's nice. That's a good. That's a good decision. Because that's, that's the, cute. That's the best. No, 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 no. no. That, they are the best bit about Division Two's loot. So I, uh, I, hundred yeah. percent. I, I agree with you there. I agree with you. So mine is going to be, and this is this is very cliche and also very vague because it's changed. Is it Diablo? No, because it has changed oh. a lot over its course. Um, because it's a very old game. Mine is World of Warcraft, and the reason I think it is... Okay, thanks for watching the Ascension podcast. Uh, tune in next week. <laughs> I've, been, I've been kicked out. I will not be yeah, here anymore. <laughs> World of Warcraft. The game I said I want to try and then never will try in my life. Yeah, so the reason I think that World of Warcraft loot is good is because of two very key reasons that I think a lot of loot systems either miss or don't fulfill completely. And that is a good sense of progression in acquiring the loot and an interesting design of that loot 
right? So yeah. not only do you want it because it is progressing you in this game, but it's also really interesting. So you want to try it. Those two things are the two crucial pin hooks in RPG loot systems, I think. And surprisingly large amounts of games miss those two, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. So let's actually dissect some of the like it like more in-depth sort of parts of the system, right? So let's list what we think are the different aspects. So in my opinion, there is the sort of we'll call it power level it it can be lots of different things in different games right call it gear score in division you call it item level in wow whatever right the actual intrinsic like level of the gear like how powerful the gear is right that's one yeah the the like the the stats let's say that um that that gear has so like the the actual numbers and how it interacts with your character and what it does to you right Mm -hmm. um extra functionality right how it improves your character's ability to play the game by expanding on that so in division two that's the like talent system where you it gives you like unique benefits or in wow that's like set bonuses or equip bonuses or um cooldown usage and stuff like that right those things that actually impact how you physically play the game um, and then lastly, there's rarity, which I think is actually way more important than a lot of people give it credit for. Um, and is also missed on a lot of games. Like some games won't even have like a real rarity sort of scale. It's just like items are powerful and that is how you de- de- determine it. Right. But anyway, we'll yeah. get more into that in, in depth in a minute. What, are you, what, what other things do you think there are in RPG loot systems? Or do you think I've listed them all? Um, I think, I think for me, the most important thing is like, just in, in my opinion, it's got to be like the sort of the, how it feels and how, I, I guess it just comes under how it feels really, like how fast or, or whatever, how it feels going up between rarity tiers, like the sort of interim period when you're like, oh shit, I'm getting these better items now. So, like, so rarity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Raid rarity items. Yeah. So that's rarity. Um, and yeah, and the amount of loot, like the loot pool of of total what can roll and what models and and like literally everything about again, like just how much shit is available to be rolled, right? While sure. still maintaining like not everything is got to be. So like... what complexity of loot is that what you were saying? Yeah, I mean, okay, the, so how, yeah, Anthem, I'd say how Anthem does it right, where it's like every single little thing is fucking has like a random talent like thing on it, right? Right. Like with stat- Division Two, there are some static stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I see what you mean. But so, in, yeah, in the Division Two, there is like there is like a roll set, but it's still like you get certain guaranteed sort of minimum rolls, I guess, okay. per, like, the rarity or whatever. Um, and the special loot, like, the stuff at the top end of the tier, it's, again, that's really rarity, but it's, like, the stuff at the top end of the, of, of, of the end game where you're, like, getting these pieces, one, for completing a mission, like, gear set stuff, for example, yeah, where okay. it's making a difference to how but you they're, play. They're, so not, yeah. they're not, like, a uh, uh, property of an item are they? They're like just an aspect of the loot scaling, right? Yeah, well, they're like they're like the sort of they're sort of like rare or intrinsic talents that are specific so, to so one like set unique or weapon, unique items, basically. Like yeah, uniqueness. I guess yeah. Okay, yeah. So we'll say uniqueness is another aspect. Okay, sure, sure, sure. So right, fucking hell. I'm gonna write these down real quick because <laughs> fuck, we just listened oh, like man. six typing simulator. Typing simulator, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, we had do you want me to... power level, 
Yeah. We had rarity. Yeah. We had uniqueness. Yeah. We had progression. Progression. Wasn't that power level? Uh, yeah, yes, it was. Uh, uh, functionality. Right. Uh, I can't remember the other ones. No, I'll do. Fuck it, we'll discuss these for now, and I'll remember the rest. We're doing it live. We're we, doing it live. We do it live, guys. We have no time to type out shit. So, power level. I recently have been playing The Division Two, as you know. As you. Wow, really? Yeah. Tell us more about this game. We literally spent an hour and forty-five minutes talking about. Last I don't. Time. I don't remember that. I don't know what you're talking about. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> it was another live. Yeah. <laughs> so. In the Division 2 currently, like, I don't know if this is a product of the uh, restricted world tier we're at at the moment, because there's obviously more content coming out, like, soon. But in that game, you you hit top level, and you almost immediately after that hit the max power cap, right? And power level of actual individual items has no meaning after that. And what that does is it means that you end up looting a lot of shit in that game. Um, and you just have no way of knowing which, like, instead of making a simple decision by, I have one or two or three items, well, not one, I have two or three items, all of the same power level, but they are yeah. varying, so I'll make a decision on which one I prefer, or which one has a better aspect, like a different aspect, you compare different aspects. Yeah. Right? Instead yeah. of that, you have, like, 20 different items all at the same power level, or with very minor varying differences, and it's so difficult to determine how you like, what, like how how one is more valuable than the other, right? It takes yeah. a long time to like analyze yeah. each item for like very minor differences and things like that, and I think that is a massive issue um, that might be that, like might be changing, and I think it is actually going to be changing quite a bit. Um, but I, I think come well, updates. But... How you're saying like. It, it, you get like all of the max gear stuff, but there is always going to be a cap. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, okay. You can't just set it like go to infinity and just get as many points as you can. Sure, sure. There, there always has to be a cap. But how you get to that cap and how it um how how you progress towards that cap and how it scales that progression, like you could like for example, Destiny Two, right? The caps in Destiny Two are like you have. Say you finish the campaign at like three hundred power, and the t yeah. cap is four hundred power. This like this is completely speculative. Yeah. But the, the way the, game, yeah. the way in in which Destiny would work is you'd have up to like three three five is soft cap, i.e. any loot sources you get are upgrades for you, right? And then at at that soft cap, you have to chase specific powerful rewards like specific activities that will reward you an upgrade, and then you slowly yeah. chase that until you get to top level. That ain't, that does exist in Division Two, though. Right. I'll get back to that in a sec. But then when you get to the top end of that, like it scales sort of like not linearly because obviously once you get to the, the soft cap, then it, it slows down quite a bit. But um, once you get to top level, you kind of, it, it, you've kind of just gone along this like progression meter and then you've yeah. got to the end of it. And then you're in the exact same situation as the division two. You don't, you haven't, mm -hmm. you've just, you've just sort of walked along a track until you got to the largest number and now you're there. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like you've achieved anything to get there. It just feels like you've you've done the thing, right? Now, contrary to these two systems, is WoW. In the in WoW, when you get to the top level, you'll be at like a random item level, like let's say fucking three hundred again. Um, and there'll be a potential maximum, um, which will be like 
mythic level raiding gear in every slot or whatever and let's say that's like 600 right just for argument's sake and the you've got such a variety between those two that you, you don't instead of going like oh i start here and i have to get to here you start at the beginning and you just chase progression yeah. you're not you're not aiming to get to that end you're just chasing the next bit of good gear and every bit of good gear that you get that's an upgrade on your current one feels amazing because you've really had to chase and earn it and you you do it through such a variety of things so like the the latest expansion in wow was pretty weak and there's other that that's a whole different discussion but like you have a lot like sort of stages to your progression where you'll start doing world quests and you'll get your upgrades and you'll be like right i've done world quests i'm at like level 350 or whatever that that's that's my world quest sort of i can't get anything out of that anymore but now i can start doing mythic dungeons where i can get better stuff and i can do harder mythic dungeons to get even better stuff and i can start doing raids to get even better stuff i can do harder yeah, raids to get yeah. even better stuff and there's constantly this like sort of treadmill of getting better stuff and you're always progressing it feels like every time you log into wow and you do a, a an activity you're feeling like you're doing something that could reward progression and you it's very very difficult unless you are like a very very skilled player playing a lot of that game to be at the top power level like ever right it's it's very difficult to get to the very top power level in any given yeah. wow patch apart from like the first one in each expansion because that's where it's like nothing's out yet so it's kind of like yeah i do some world quests on there right (laughs) but yeah so that is a really good implementation of progression and like a power system on items because you are always feeling like you could be progressing and there's no point where you get to the maximum and you just feel like oh i'm done now because yeah it makes you want to keep coming back and these other games like division and destiny you you it, it doesn't have the draw of progression ever after you hit max level you feel like you're just done. So yeah. anyway, that's why I said wow for that. Um, but as you said, there are powerful drops in the Division 2. Um, they come from either leveling up or your clan clash each week. Um, mm-hmm. But they're, the issue I have with that is they have no meaning because not only are they only like four or five power levels higher than what you have, which can randomly roll lower than an item at your current level... Um, but they also, they, they also upgrade you in a, in a situation where you're already at the maximum. So it doesn't really matter that you're getting an upgrade because it's like, I'm already at maximum power level. So why do I need an upgrade? Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but you're not at maximum power level because if you get a 450 and then you get a 460 from a, from a cash. But that's, of, that's as, only as because World Tier 5 isn't out yet. As soon as World Tier 5 is out, um, everyone will immediately get to 500 because that's the next cap. And then those caches will still be dropping at 500 because that'll be the actual cap at that point. Do you see what I mean? Like, Right, but then it's not... A, the, the, yeah, but the problem is then it's not so much about getting upgraded. It's just more about playing with what loot you... What, like, is available, like, gear sets and stuff, like, chasing after gear sets and getting better weapons, exotic weapons, stuff right, like that. Right, like, but that's, that's the, a different the, aspect of gear. The whole thing changes. But that's it a different, changes. Yeah, but that's a different aspect of gear. I'm talking specifically about power in this instance, right? Right. And the power gain is just not something you chase in either of those games, Destiny or Division. Yeah. So, anyway. Right. Other aspects. Um, rarity. Okay. So, a lot of games do this thing, in my opinion, where rarity is like a meaningless thing. WoW does this to a degree as well. So, it's not exempt. But I feel like in most games, you'll go common, uncommon, 
rare epic legendary and it will just sort of happen as you level up and when you get to the yeah. end game you're just I, you're just dancing around on epics and legendaries whatever the game yeah. calls them those two rarities you're just dancing around on those and they kind of become meaningless because everything is that level do you know what i mean yeah but not everything is not everything is end game like when i said rarity for me it was more about going between rarity tiers when you're like still leveling up like, it's such a good feeling when you're like, oh shit, I got, like, the best stuff. And obviously, in games like the Division T, there are gear sets and exotics. Well, not at the minute gear sets, but there will there be will gear be, sets yeah. and exotics. And, like, you're still going to have that sort of oh shit moment where I got this, like, really rare item or whatever. And it's it's still great, right? But, like, rarity for me is more an early, like, a, a non-endgame mechanic. Like, there's not really an early game mechanic because... Like, when you're still leveling up, take for Division 2, for example, while you're still getting from level 1 to level 30. And in that instance, like, getting between rarity tiers is actually, like, considerable. But obviously, when you get to the end, you're only getting, like, the high-end stuff, which is sort of all anyone would really expect. I think Destiny 2 does it where you get blues and purples, and then you get exotics. But exotics are sort of their own category. Same as exotics in Division 2. Yeah, but their own unique category. And so you get... You still are dancing around with in between purples and blues, and it's you're dancing between yellows and pinks in uh, the division two and all that sort of stuff. But like, rarity doesn't mean anything past end game anyway. That's exactly so my no... problem. That's exactly my problem. See, but that's in every game, and no, I don't no, think no. that's something that we can avoid. Mm, it's not in Borderlands actually, um, but that's right. kind of because rarity is used differently so in borderlands rarity uh more easily correlates to like how how rare an item is basically like a rarer item will have more stats on it it will have more powerful stats on it things like this right and i think that's a much better implementation because currently like you said in in most of these games rarity isn't even a thing end game you just equip everything like because it's the highest rarity and that's the only things that drop for you and that's a real missed opportunity because like not to say that the rarity climb when you're leveling isn't fun and shouldn't be Mm -hmm. there like that's that's fine have that like for example in the division two if i'd have been in commons for zero to ten been in greens from ten to twenty and been in blues from twenty to thirty and then got to end game and then like there's three more rarities like purples oranges and yellows let's say right yeah that would have at least given me like some some hint as to like what items are better right because then i could have had two like four four fifty items like that drop for me and i've had two purples a yellow and an orange right and i'd have been like the orange is the best one there and i know that because Mm -hmm. that's how the rarities work so it'll have more stats on it and it'll have more power to it or whatever even though it's the same power level happens no it's not though that's 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 a big problem i think because Mm. you look you look at the drops in the division two and there's already this weird like bug so i'm not going to consider this a design fault in the because purples have less item stats on them they roll higher than yellow items because yellow items will have more stats they roll lower which which is absurd i don't know why that happens but will it like we'll ignore that it's it's a weird thing that's going on at the moment so ignoring that let's say that they you know they just like purples have less stats then i yeah then yeah all right fine yellows have less uh 
sorry, yellows have more stats, so they're better items. But the issue is, I'm completely flooded with those yellow items. They're not rare. Like, right. for, for a high rarity item, they're not rare. Mm-hmm. It's not like I would yeah. loot five purples and then one yellow. <clears throat> and, like, in yes, the dark there zone, is like a... it wouldn't be like I'm running around just picking up purples and, oh, I got yeah. a yellow. This is exciting. You lose that yeah, excitement. It's like everything nothing... is yellows. Yeah. 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 And because, uh, because exotics only come from a specific thing. And this is, like, I feel like this is something we talked about last podcast so there is a, a bigger discussion if you want to go and, and watch that it's on yeah a little bit Spotify in, in, whatever, in, in, in specific to division two yeah that we did yeah in, yeah um but i i can see what you mean like the, the sort of the magic of rarity is lost but i think that's only because gear scores gear score items aren't a thing i mean gear score items probably aren't going to drop from general activities they're going to drop from you know stuff like weekly challenges and and challenging missions stuff like that the, the highest sort of stuff but there is I still do get a f- quite a few pinks and, and golds, but not to the point where pinks are the most common and gold, uh, yellows or golds or whatever are, like, less common, but you still get them enough to sort of make a build out of them. Right. I, know, I, I feel like that's the thing that exists in the Division 2, you're right, but I don't think that's really detrimental. I do. I, I genuinely... Se. I think it makes loot less fun. It makes it less engaging. And it makes it less exciting. And I think yeah, but it... there are there are still it's all relative. Like there are still ways in which you can get like really excited by loot, and that's oh yeah, hundred percent more challenging stuff. I'm just again, this is specific to this style of this this aspect of loot, like rarity. I see. Okay, so the rarity, like the capitalizing on making loot fun through rarity in specifically the Division 2, isn't something that they've chosen to do, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't mean that the loot game in the Division 2 is bad. There are very good things about the Division 2's loot game, but that isn't one of them, right? Whereas, it, it, to be honest, in most games, it's not either, and I think it's a massively missed opportunity. Um, yeah. Because do you remember in the Division 2 beta that we played, when we were running around and we were all in blues, and then you'd see that purple drop, and you were like, holy shit, we have to extract this. Like, that excitement... It's something that it's is gone. awesome, right? Yeah. That is gold, and you really, yeah. really, really should capitalize that in the end game of these type of games. Anyway, that's enough yeah. said about um, rarity. Next one, uniqueness, right? So uniqueness on items, i.e., specific items like like in Destiny, the exotics that are like crafted items that have very specific functionality. Yeah. Exotics in Division Two, um, legendary items in World of Warcraft, things like this. Okay, and I think yeah, on on the whole most of these games nail them on the head. They're always, like, really fun. They always have, like, well, Destiny really 2, sort of maybe not so stuff, much. Yeah. It has its moments, but it also whiffs on a lot of them. I don't know. Destiny 2, I think, actually has the most unique stuff. Sure, but it also has the worst examples, right? I mean, it yeah, also there, has are some, the there are some... Armlets. It also has the fucking... Like, all the ones yeah, that I can't remember the name of. There is a meta, and the fact that you can only like equip one of them doesn't really help it. Like you can only have one exotic armor and one exotic, so that like it, it instinct, it like, what's the word? It um incentivizes you to only like find the absolute best of the best and not like try out combinations of different exotics. And I remember the first time I played Destiny Two, never played Destiny One, but when the first time I played Destiny Two, I was like, oh, I can't try this and this to make a cool build. I can't do that here and they're like no you can't it's just one what's the point in that because you get all this cool shit and you're like you can only use one of these things so you're obviously only going to use the most powerful one and therefore anything least powerful is not going to work whereas 
in games like uh, Division Two, and I'm, I maybe wow, I don't know. Um, but in, is, is in what I'm going off, in games like Division Two, um, you can have multiple, you know, exotic uh, weapons, and you can have trying multiple combinations of different gear sets. You can get a two bonus from one gear set, and a four bonus from another gear set, uh, stuff like that, like where you can equip multiple types just to make something that's fun and unique. And while Destiny 2 has the biggest like set of unique rolled stuff, like this weapon makes people, you know, spread chain lightning to everyone else. And this weapon, you know, does some other cool shit. I can't think of any good examples to be honest. It's been a while since I played that game, but like where it just, it makes it more interesting to use those weapons or those armor pieces or whatever it's just not like good to use them because you're only using the best ones. And so yeah. half of that loot pool is just completely obliterated from existence. Well, I do think that that is also partly down to balance issues and like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And I think destiny has had a lot of balance issues for various reasons, but that's again, a different conversation. So, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, destiny has some really good examples of unique loot that, that is really fun and really makes you chase it. Um, so far in the division two, um, there has been some, in fact, ex- every exotic that I've seen slash used so far with the exam, with the exam, with the exception of the shotgun has been really fun. So I tried out the, yeah. the rifle that shoots like primers and detonators. That's oh, like, that forces uh-huh. you to play a very unique style. Um, yeah. The SMG that sort of like winds up and gets faster again. Awesome. Really well designed. Like that sort of stuff is really, really fun. Like, and wow, yeah, where it, a really it, good job. It physically, it physically forces you to change how you play the game in order to use these powerful. Yeah. Things. Yeah. And wow, wow did the exact same thing with, uh, I, I, I don't, I've been out of touch with Battle for Azeroth recently, but during Legion you had um, this system where you could only equip two exotics, uh, exotics, legendaries, um, and these legendaries would have unique bonuses that would change the way you would play. Yeah. Exactly the same sort of thing. Uh, also a really good system. Um, so yeah, I think, I think to be honest, that's one of the places where these games really have shined. And I think it's because that, that, that like those pieces of loot are the pinnacle pieces of loot. So, so a lot of development time and, and design time goes mm. into them. And I mean, that's fair yeah. enough. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, it's really, it's really shown off. So I think yeah. uniqueness is something that we have actually got a lot of good design examples across the board for and, and, and yeah, fair play to everyone involved who, uh, who developed those. So Moving on, next one, functionality. So things like equip bonuses, things like um, like unique usables, talents on items in Division 2, things that actually impact the way you play on items. Now, yeah, I think um, that the Division 2 has done one of the best implementations of this as as of yet in, in all of the games we've discussed. WoW does yes, it pretty definitely. well. Um, but there's a lot of skills and a lot of going on in WoW. So a lot of the time, the uses, like the u- usable items and like equ- like um, passive procs and things like that, they they never f- they they do feel good, but they don't feel as impactful as they do in Division Two because mm. I think it's a combination between how good those talents are from a design perspective like for example the the patient's talent which in, like when you're in cover you regen armor like it's a really like basic thing but you feel it like you you want to be in cover so that you can regen that armor and that's like a a thing that you constantly have the option to do right and and pretty much all of the talents do these sort of things they all 
give you something that you can sort of have in the back of your mind to start sort of playing around. Yeah. And it means that not like it doesn't take away from the unique items because those unique items are still like one and none, right? Like they are the yeah, only like, ones that do that specific very, thing. Yeah. Um, you can't like stack them or anything. They are like very specific. Yeah, yeah. Um and and so it doesn't detract from them, but at the same time it gives you the same sort of feeling of those like build changing like functionality talent but just like but like a little bit toned down so so you get the same feeling but just not to the same level which i think is perfect really 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 well done um yeah from the division two and that's uh, that's one of the strongest bits of its loot game in my opinion Um, i i completely agree to be honest with that i mean division two's talent system where it's it's like some of the talents they give you like you know 15 percent um accuracy or 15 percent bonus armor or something like that which is like okay cool this is like gonna make me more tanky it's gonna make me do more damage whatever and then you get shit like patience where it's standing cover and you regenerate armor or um something the, like you the, know the you... one close and personal where you have to be really oh close yeah to someone. and it gives you like when yeah. you're looking down sight it gives you like a little meter next to your gun showing how far the target is from you like yeah and like excellent like very yeah. The one that I used in the private beta, which was like, if you're within eight meters, I think that's what it was. The, Close and personal. You're within eight meters, yeah. Within, when you're within eight meters, your gun does like more damage. It's like, well, I could use, I could do this with a sniper, but who's going to use a sniper in close range? So let me go ahead and change my playstyle. And that sort of changing your playstyle because of what you've rolled is something that's really good. And um, the unique stuff does that. But also, like you said, it it doesn't detract from the unique weapons at all. And in fact it just completely complements them because you can just try like wacky stuff where you get a massive amount of critical hit chance and you get the bonus uh, uh, close and personal one with the, the bonus damage the closer you are. And you're like, Haha, I know what I have to do. You just whip out, you know, an SMG and start spraying at people really close and absolutely dem- de- demolish them. Yeah. yeah. And in, in those cases, which is what I like, you don't have to have like the most optimized, perfect rolls and everything. You know, you don't have to have max damage to do more stuff and i mean max damage will complement but like like for the max damage for the for the weapon is what i mean but like you don't have to have that for it to still be really effective because of the talents and the talents sort of supplement um sort of some of the stats and they make you more confident in your in your build and you can sort of say well this guy this guy to trump me could do this and this but i can still absolutely like delete him from existence if i have this talent with this thing it doesn't have to be the best rolled weapon but as long as i have these talents and that's what i like is that the talent the talents take precedence over like everything else yeah they are the most powerful part of your gear most of the time yeah yeah so i think yeah functionality is another one like uniqueness um in the there's a lot of design space out there um and a lot of examples of that and i think there's some really good examples as well um Again, Borderlands has some really nice uh, uh, functional sort of things that happen on items, um, like like the gun that like shouts at you whilst you're shooting it and stuff like that. Like, oh amazing. yeah. Um, so yeah, functionality again, I think is one of those things that's at the top of its game across most games. I think it's done really well, which is a good thing because it's one of the most important things with loot. Um, yeah. The last thing, which is possibly the strongest debated part of loot in 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 all history like whenever it comes mm. down to random loot this is what people talk about this is the thing that people are constantly arguing about like saying it should be random saying it shouldn't be random all of this and that's yeah. the stats the numbers on the item dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so 
how do you feel about let's like across the the loot shoots you played like destiny and stuff how do you feel like about numbers like what what what's your sort of analysis about the the situation vex's breakdown this is uh very rare you'll never get this anywhere else um (laughs) this is you know people pay 10 quid a second for me to give this really amazing insight yeah um no i i think stats there is a sort of a sweet spot in in terms of randomly rolled stuff like we're talking stuff like you know plus five percent uh stability five plus five percent you know damage to big bad boys or something like that you know right where it's like just an additional percentage value that sort of stat stuff right um so when we're talking about that and like stuff like um your weapon has a sort of an intrinsic value like it's damage and it has a maximum and a minor, minimum and it can roll in between those. Mm-hmm. When it comes to that, um, I think honestly, the less of that sort of stuff, the better. And I think right. stats stats need to be rolled in accordance with like just sort of extra stuff, not basic stuff. So there shouldn't like weapons should have a fixed. So, all right, a very like a very near two fix, like a difference of you know, maybe a thousand damage or something like something low, right? Where, um, it's like you're not completely trashing a good weapon platform because it rolled low damage. If that makes right, sense, like okay. your stat should your bonus stat should be stuff like extra crit hit damage, extra damage to elites, stuff like that from the division two at least. Um, where it's not necessary for that thing to be rolled really highly, but it's still something you're looking for in order to increase your sort of gameplay. And that's what I kind of think about stats. Is it's like so so not the basic ta- stuff. Talking about the the main stats, you think they should be cl- uh, close to fixed, and then yeah, additional they should be stats fairly fixed. Should be icing on the cake. They shouldn't be impactful. They should just be there as like something extra, just to make they the icing be... a bit spicy. Yeah, they. They shouldn't, like, change the entire universe, but they should still, like, change up your... and, like, make you build towards them, right? So, like, if you have... We've taken critical hit damage for a while. Obviously, you want to get as much critical hit damage as possible or critical hit chance or whatever in order to be able to maximize your damage output. And it's, like, the more you have, the better. But if, you, if you're if you missing, like, 0.5%, then whatever. It's, like, not really that much. So if you if the max is fifteen percent, you get fourteen point five percent. You're like, okay, that's a pretty good world, whatever. Um, with damage, I think people pay more attention to the base damage of a weapon because it's like the most basic fundamental thing of a weapon. Right. Yeah. And so if you're paying too much attention to that, you're missing what could be a decent roll to everything else because you're like this damage, this 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 weapon damage is fucked. So I don't care about this weapon; it can go in the trash. Yeah. So and that's this, what I don't. This like. is my issue with um, random rolls. Right. Is that mm-hmm. The more stats you have on an item, if the stats are randomized, the more stats you have, the more chance that you're never going to get the best one, right? The more, yeah. like, the more times you're going to get bad items when you get that item. And this is one of the problems that I think a lot of um, games, like you mentioned Anthem earlier, um, a lot of games yeah. have in that they try and make the stats really diverse. They they introduce lots of stats. They introduce lots of roles. They they really like broaden the horizon yeah. in an attempt to make replayability. I.e., you want to keep 
farming that one item because you want like each time you get like a little bit better you get like one of the stats is actually like better than your previous stats or yeah the but stat then there's is, only like, one of them yeah it's it, like you have the more the more capacity you have for like the more stats you have the rarer and rarer it's going to be for that to actually roll well and that's why like the yes. recalibration station is really good in, right in so too. before we go there let me yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah. that that is that is part of the solution to this is the way um that the division two handles it but like We'll 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 put a pin in that for just a second. So, the way WoW handles item stats is they are mm-hmm. none of them are random, right? Uh, uh, well, air quotes, none of them are random, right? There there are there are randomly like designed items. I it's like the item name of the like owl or whatever, and an owl item has intellect and dexterity or whatever, right? Those those are like random, but the actual level of the number, like like two hundred and sixty four or whatever, right? The the number that it gives you of that thing is fixed to the level of the item. So at end game, what ends up happening is you have all these named items that are that they they are those items. They have these stats on them, right? And the amount of stats they have on them depends on the power level of the item. So every time you get a new new yeah. item that's more powerful, it will be more powerful. This is good, and it really complements the progression system in WoW, um, because it means that any time you see something that's more power, like the the power level of it is higher, it will be a better item most of the time, unless it's rolled completely the wrong stats for you. Mm-hmm. like it will be the right one okay so that works in that system and it's a really good example of why random rolls can actually hurt the game on yeah, the opposite definitely. side it does mean that you get situations in wow where like there are de- dedicated websites like mr robot and stuff that literally have a breakdown of all the items and go oh you're playing this class you need all of these items because they give you these stats in these percentages and this is what you need to work mm. towards and it means yeah. that you have like a meta of exactly what items you need because all of the items are static and that's the downside of that now flip everything on its head we'll go to the division two this is a scenario where you have the exact opposite problem where everything has like around like three stats on it um plus its base Mm. stats so it'll have like in in the case of a weapon it will have damage in the case of armor it will have armor um weapons will also have um like accuracy stability and range but that is static that isn't randomized so yeah like that that will ignore that for now so you have randomized damage or armor and then you have three randomized stats so you have four stats per item now the three randomized stats on the item can be from a large pool of different things, and they can randomize in a quite large bracket as well. Yeah. And this means that you end up getting a lot of the same item. You you end up having this situation where you have a lot of the same item, similar to Anthem, where everything is like either a very marginal upgrade or you're farming the same item over and over and over again. Like, for example, at the moment, I'm trying to build this uh, this quite popular build, which is like headshot damage on the Division 2. Um, and then yeah. you use a sniper rifle and it's like super powerful, right? So I'm having this scenario where, like, I've been looting items and items and items, like filtering through them in my inventory. Like, does this have headshot damage? No. Does it have... You know, the perks I need, no. Does it have the good. set I need? No. Okay, cool. Right. And then I'm like trashing literally hundreds of items just trying to find that one item that's even close to what I want. And yeah. and that's the negative of random rolls, is when you're doing that and 
and just getting nowhere, right? And yeah. like you said, um, there's the recalibration station in the Vision 2, which is the aim of it is to alleviate some of this, where you can roll near the item you want and then recalibrate a couple of bits or, or a bit of it to try and like fix it to be like yeah. what you're after. But yeah. the issue is that recalibrating specifically one thing on it is too narrow, I think. Right, I think it's too narrow, and I think yeah, that's because I think I agree. There's too much variation for for you to say yeah. specifically one thing, and I think there's a really easy fix for that in the division two. In that recalibration should be a logarithmic but infinite process. I you can do it any number of times you want, but each time you do it, it jumps exponentially harder to do. Right, I not yeah. necessarily crafting materials, but like maybe Credits you need to. Maybe, yeah, maybe you need to pay more money as well, or maybe you need to, f- like, go and do, like, mm-hmm. seven bounties in addition to doing yeah. it. Like, what, it, it doesn't matter how they do it, just make it really, really mm-hmm. difficult. And, like, stepping up fast as well is important. So, yeah, can, not like you can do three recalibrations and then it actually becomes difficult. I mean, like, after the first one, you have to put some time in to fix that item for the second time. And the third yeah. time you'll barely ever see anyone do it because it's that time consuming, right? That's the level yeah. of what I want, but it needs to be there because like the amount of times that I've got like a brand set that I want, but it's got nothing on it. Or I find the item that I want with all the stats I want, but it's the wrong brand set. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's killer. It's really crushing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something they did in the division one um, with the recalibration station and the optimization station is you had, you still had a maximum, I think it was something like three re-rolls or something, or three maximizations. And every time you did it, it costs more Phoenix credits, it costs more normal credits, it costs more uh, crafting materials. Like, it's basically exactly how you describe the system that you want, is how they did it in the Vision 1. I don't know why they changed it yeah, to only one re-roll, because I really dislike that. And like like you were saying, you get a weapon which is really good, and it's like one or two... If it's like one-off, then you're okay, you're fine, you can... Uh, just work for that one stat that you need and put it on. And th- that's easier to do than to find a weapon that's better. But, like, when you have two, I like, two things missing, you have to sort of, you're like, it, it's really killer because you're like, well, shit, what do I do now? I've got to, like, for, like, make this thing not as efficient as it could be in order to just give it some more, like, like, a little bit more like viability in your build right yeah. so you have to select one of the two stats you're like uh which one do i want which one's actually going to make the most difference do i really need this thing do i want to you know just try again and try and find a better weapon like it doesn't remove the grind which is what i like the whole recalibration thing where you know you still have to find something which is near to rolled yeah it still just allows you to give that the little cherry on top and i think they do need to go back to the old system where it was like you say it, it exponentially increased more um requirements to be able to craft or upgrade or whatever um but it also was like you had a certain amount of times in which you could do it so a combination of the both would be fun like three times is the max or something mm. and i don't know i i feel like the opposite end of that spectrum like the opposite argument to that would be like three stats on a division two weapon is more than half of the stats of the gun. Yes. Bear in and mind so... you can also you can also do talents in the recalibration yeah. station. I'm just I was just specifically talking about stats because that's what we were talking about at the moment. But if we're talking about specifically the division, the recalibration station can also 
change the talent and they might not also be rolled what you want so and they're like weapons for example have three talents on them so there's there's you know there's the three talents the three stats and the main damage stat right so there, there's quite a lot to re-roll on them so yeah yeah Anyway, that that pretty much covers that. I think. Do we we have anything else we really want to talk about for this no, episode? Because it's uh, that's it, one but, statement, So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll wrap up in a second. But um, yeah, just overall though, I just want to say like, so we we've broken down like each aspect of um like loot in in these sort of like RPG loot systems and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and I think there are really good examples of most of these aspects. Like we said about rarity being kind of pretty badly implemented across the board and i think power to an extent also is pretty bad in most games like it's good in wow but it doesn't like wow then suffers because it doesn't have like randomization and stuff and like that's why it works is because they've gone that route i think trying to like find good examples of those is pretty bad but for the most part the other aspects we've talked about all have good examples right so how is it these days that we still have games that don't learn from these lessons. Like if we can spend, you know, half an hour breaking down these five aspects of the systems and like analyzing what's good about them and what's bad about them, it's, it, yeah. it, it boggles the mind a little bit. I, Why... think, I think it's just sort of like, I think it's a bit of a power triangle really, or a power pentagon or whatever, like yeah, where you move the slider to the, to the left more and then the right stuff on the right is, diminished right and you move vice versa like you can only have aspects of certain parts of the loot system and i think that's you don't like that's not necessarily how you have to do it but nobody's really innovated it enough and i think one of the things is like if you have a lot of random roles then you might forsake those random roles for you know like a big variation in drop like how we've seen like like loot pools, right? How we've seen an anthem where there's a lot of stuff that you can run, like you can roll, and there's a lot of stats, but the amount of like weapon archetypes is really small, and it's it's stuff like that where they've sort of gone hard on one thing and not gone hard on the other, and it needs to be either balanced or in one direction for it to stand out, like the Possibly. uniqueness and the talents and stuff like that of the division two might mean that you have less. Uh, gear score or less rarity sort of um aspects to the system because you're you're focusing more on like the talents and getting the good talents so you don't really care about the the rarity and it's stuff like that where like like i said it's the power it's the power pentagon i don't personally i don't know if i agree with that i i think that there's enough design space and there's enough like if if you put enough work into it there's there's got to be the solution there like that you you've got the like pros and cons of each of them. Mm. There must be a way to to make yeah. it all sort of there must together be, correctly. But I mean, but it, yeah, and, and I mean, what I'm saying, all I'm saying is, there are these massive, massive development studios with like hundreds of employees, and they still haven't sort of like brought all these lessons together in in, in one sort of like yeah conclusive like this is it. This is this is the example the of of, of loot done right. Yeah. yeah, and and it just it. I there I I I think there must be some some reasons behind all of that, but it it does make you wonder, and it does it for me. It definitely does make me think, and it's it's sort of what inspired us to discuss this today. So yeah. yeah anyway, I, so they just need to yeah. So make something that works. Yeah, they need to make a good game. Developers across yeah. the world, if you could just make a good game now, that'd be great. Thanks. <sighs> yeah. 
That would be really nice. It would shock the world if a developer made a good game. Anyway, that is the end of the Essential Podcast episode 02. 02 is the number. We're going with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so thanks very much for watching, everybody. Um, If you're watching live, appreciate you. Uh, If you're watching on any of our other distribution means, we have CastBox now. We also have Spotify. And the VODs are up on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash HD. As for Alien... Do you still have anything? Do you have anything at all you want me to plug? No, I'm just no. around. He's around. Yep, that, that's the catchphrase for Alien. Alien, <laughs> he's around. Yeah, I'm around. Um, as for me, you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, all under the same name. That's Rex and HD. Um, and yeah, same time, same place next week. So yep. 3 p.m. on what's going to be the date for the next Saturday? Saturday the sixth. Of, uh, of, Mar- of April, actually. It will be April. Um, but yeah, that's all from us. Thank you very much for watching, and we will see you next time. Yep, see you later. Yep. Goodbye.